This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Dr- oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> You're Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go to you. So, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Anna's Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth. Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce <laughs> yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Anna's Cantor. And you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Down to Dunk Podcast. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. And with me, John Hamm. John Hamm, what is wrong with the Thunder? Uh, the PA announcer is not doing enough defense chants. That's right. Oh, my gosh. I mean, he... he <laughs> He is not leading enough of those chants. Therefore, the fans are not reminding the team to play defense. So, uh, ultimately, it's, it's the PA announcer's fault. <laughs> what are your? What do you think is like the main catalyst for their defense just being awful? Oh man! Well, I mean, last night Portland got into the paint pretty much at will. So you look yeah. at the guards' that situation. Um, and there was really no like line of defense. I know like Myers Leonard, when he's on the court, he's kind of a, you know, he's hanging out on the perimeter, admiring his own hair, right. but you know, it's great. I, I don't know. I, I start, I start with perimeter defense. And again, the, the interior defense has been non-existent as well. It's, it is so reminiscent, not only of last season where they came out after the all-star break and had a you know terrible stretch, but even the season before, you know, the, the plagues of Egypt season where they just basically said, screw it. We're not going to play defense. Let's go score. Right. This looks like the Mitch McGarry thunder right now. Got it. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> and the three pointers were just killer. The, the Blazers shot 47% from three last night and more than half were wide open. I mean, there was, yeah. there was not a tough contested three that I can remember from last night, which was just infuriating. And, and like you said, whenever you're allowing layups and open threes, how the heck are you going to win? You're going to definitely, I mean, I, I thought the Blazers were going to put up more than 126 in regulation whenever they were in the 90s, uh, like, you know, upper 90s in the third quarter. I thought, oh man, like we're headed for yeah. 140 for this team because they're just giving up <clears throat> everything. Uh, and they and they played well down the stretch. Whenever Billy put in that closing lineup that included basically the starters with Todd Gibson, uh, mm-hmm. and they looked pretty good during that stretch. Uh, but that was really about it, and yeah. it was just kind of too little, too late because uh, the defense definitely picked up during that stretch. And you're like, oh, well, they are capable of making this happen, um, <laughs> right? But. The rest of the game, they just wouldn't. And last night was, it was a weird game. They started off just on fire. Uh, they scored mm-hmm. forty points in the first quarter. Ended up with an eleven point lead going into the second, um, and even had a pretty nice lead at halftime. And then the third quarter, the Portland Trailblazers put up thirty eight points, and they kind of flip flop with the Thunder in the first quarter. They put up thirty eight. The Thunder only scored twenty five, and that was really the game. Uh, they they just yeah. gave up too many, too many open shots. The defense was soft, and I think like the main catalyst is Stephen Adams, right? I mean, he is not even close to the caliber of player that that he is. He's the so, supposed to be the second best player on the team. I mean, 
last night was he, he I don't even know where I'd place him in, as in, where his importance was last night it, he was just so bad I I, I yeah. really don't get it he was still a plus two but I think that's because he played a bulk of his minutes with Westbrook who was a plus seven uh, but but his play has been really strange and I think someone asked about that and people have been asking for days about this um uh, from at as a boxman ask Adams looks tired. Do you think the stretch where Kanner was out and he played extra minutes had an effect? Um, I'll, I'll answer that real quick. I don't. I don't know that it. I'm not sure that it had that much of an effect. So during the stretch, he only had five games when Kanner was out that he played more than 35 minutes, and um, mm-hmm. so it's not like they were just killing him there were a few games where he played a lot of minutes like he played 44 minutes one game 37 36 39 35 uh, but he's also played eight games prior to that where he played 35 plus minutes so it's not like he had never played 35 plus minutes ever this season uh, so so I'm not really buying that uh, do you do you have any theories other than like this is just a slump because I think that that's what it is but do you have any working theories on this yeah, I mean, to your point, um, you know, he averaged 33 minutes a game over that 10 minute stretch or, or that 10 game stretch. Yeah. Which is only like three more than his, you know, regular season average. On the other hand, you know, his minutes are up from last season. He's, he's approaching last minute, last year's season total, even though we're only 62 games into the season, I think. Um, so I may, maybe that does have an impact. Um, he he doesn't seem like he's himself. I'm not seeing like a sign of injury. I'm you know I'm not seeing like he's hobbling around. It's just kind of like he's like in molasses, right? Um, and so and th- you know if you look too at his free throw percentage, I mean it has taken it has taken a dive. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I just I keep going back to the mental side. Like is that the problem here? Because if you go and you look at his uh, remember he started off this season as like a 90% free throw shooter. And, you know, everyone was celebrating February that dropped to 47%. Yeah. I mean, he was, you know, basically 75, 61, 72. And then in February, just boom. Um, and he hasn't really recovered since then yet. So um, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I just keep thinking that maybe it's just, you know, mentally he's checked out who you know who knows what's going on in his life he'd never tell any of us anyway right sure yeah i mean that 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 could be it and adam joseph and i talked about monday that it could be his touches uh offensively that are affecting the defensive end and something scott brooks always did with perk is that perk would always get one of those first possessions to just do his thing it's like just clear mm-hmm. out and let perk do his thing for one possession let's get him engaged in this game and they don't seem to be doing that with Stephen adams he had one shot last night uh, which is kind of concerning for a guy who is thought to be a well-rounded player uh, against a, a pretty bad defensive team uh, in portland and I, and I know that Nurkic is a big dude, but he should be able to at least get some touches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in games where he gets 10 or more field goal attempts, the Thunder are 17 and 7. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I wonder if that has something to do with it. Uh, and, and he did get 10 shots against Dallas, and he didn't play particularly well against Dallas either. Uh, 
but I, I just wonder if, if that's a part of it. I don't think like that's the entire answer. Like if he just shoots more, he'll play better defense. Um, but I, I do certainly think it's a part of it because it's, I mean, basketball gets boring if you don't touch the ball, right? I mean, right. We've all we've all played, and if you're the guy that's just running up and down the court and you're not touching the ball and you're not setting screens and you're not involved really on offense, then what? you're just running up and down a hardwood floor and then trying to keep people from scoring a basketball. I think, I don't know, I, I'm just thinking like mentally, like where's his head at? Because clearly this is a mental issue. Um, like you said, and Fred said it this morning too, that he nobody really sees any signs that it's something physical. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he looks all right. He, he doesn't have any hand wraps. He doesn't really have anything going on. Uh, so, so maybe it is involvement with the team, and he, on some level, has to know how important he is even to the offense because he's his check is about to get a lot bigger. And right. his, I'm sure his agents in his ear about it. I'm sure that everybody's like, man, like you, you could be doing more for this team. Um, and so, and a lot of that's on Russell Westbrook. For some reason, Russell Westbrook loves to put up shots against Portland. Uh, the past yeah. three games, I think he's shot more than 35 shots um, every time they played the Trailblazers. Uh, so, I don't know what what do you, what do you think? Any any other theories or thoughts on Stephen Adams? Yeah, I mean. Not, not much more than that. You know, like you said, Steven has always been a guy that, you know, will tell you he doesn't care about the stats, you know, never looks at the box score and all that stuff. But I mean, I, I, I think like you said, it's awfully hard, you know, to, you know, really enjoy what you're doing when you're just basically running down and okay, well, there went a shot. I guess I'll run back down here. I mean, he had one field goal attempt last night, mm-hmm. one. Um, and, you know, like I've, I've seen a lot of, we've got a lot of people asking about Sabonis tonight. Quite frankly, I thought Sabonis had a better game than Steven Adams last night. Right. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if this is long, you know, I, I don't know how long lasting this is. But, I mean, if, when you want to look at the Thunder's issues, I think that is one big place to start. Right. And I, and I think that I, I expect him to snap out of it. And I keep saying that, like, I... I I don't have any like, inside information <laughs> right. on this, but I do expect him uh, to snap out of this at some point. This week's Hot Hand Player of the Week, sponsored by Anchor Down, is Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo is back. Last night, he played 25 minutes. He had 16 points, 5 rebounds. He was 4 or 5 from 3. Really nice comeback. He was a plus 10 in a game that the Thunder lost, so he made a really positive impact. And you know what else is back? Me talking about the amazing tater tots at Anchor Down. So this week... You need to go get the chili cheese tots. These are tater tots with house chili, melted jack cheese, topped with fresh jalapenos, and ghost pepper ranch. Delicious. Go get yourself uh, some of these chili cheese tots. We also talked about the pizza tots last week. So uh, they're not only a corn dog place. Their corn dogs are delicious. But if you're looking for something a little bit different, go get yourself some chili cheese tots or... Go get yourself a delicious salad at Anchor Down. Be sure to check out their patio uh, and watch Thunder Games there. I know that Thunder Games haven't been much fun, but they are much more fun to watch at Anchor Down. Russell Westbrook has been phenomenal. And last night, he was incredible. Uh, his, he played very well. His defense was not good, but it, offensively, he shot the ball well. He had a very efficient career night, 58 points. Uh, he, he was great. But, and this is where 
Charles Barkley is having the wrong argument, right? And we t- I talked about this Monday. It has nothing to the, the triple doubles is what he should be going for in games like this, right? <laughs> not, right, right? Not putting up all the shots. It's whenever he decides that he's going to take a bulk of the scoring load. And when I say a bulk, I mean putting up 35, 36, 40 shots. Like that's when it's like, okay, like th- this is, this is where we draw the line and this is too much. Uh, because he does have guys that can score a little bit. There's no dominant scores out there, but he got Victor Oladipo back last night. He has Steven Adams. He has Ennis Cantor. He has Doug McDermott. He has Alex Abrinas. All those guys can score. All of them. And at some point, Either they're going to have to run something different on offense or, or whatever it is. And I know Russ can get whatever shot, he, the shot that he wants when he wants it. Uh, but this team is just much better if Russ isn't taking, you know, 35 shots. Oh, no doubt. Um, and if we'll go ahead and get to the, the Russ slander part of the podcast. I thought Russ did too much last night. Yeah. I really do. Um, and, and I felt like, I mean, because there was a point where he came back in. And I know sometimes, like you said, Russ can get his shot. He can get to the rim at will. When he came back in in the fourth quarter, the team was down. I mean, I could tell almost immediately that ball is not getting moved. Sure. And to his credit, I mean, he did, you know, later he did get a, get, get a break and, and get the Andre Robertson a dunk. But, you know, that's another thing. The Thunder's defense you know, contribute so much to their offense when they can get out in transition. Um, and I didn't look at the transition points last night. I, I don't recall what the difference was, but you know, that's when Russ really kind of gets other people involved mm-hmm. is, you know, lead, leading the break and, you know, hit, hitting a guy for a fast break. Dunk. And like I said, I think it just kind of raises everyone's, you know, energy and everyone's morale and never really getting into psychological stuff here. But I, I, I don't know. I just felt like last night, um, you know, Russ had too much of a well. I guess it's all on me now mentality, and and that, and I think it made matters worse. Yeah, for sure. And and it's hard, it's hard to pile on Russ uh, because he he has a massive load to carry for this team. And sometimes I'm sure he does feel like oh, like who else is going to help me out here? Uh, like Stephen Adams, his his you know, whatever it is, his desire to just help the team and that's it is great. And I think most mm-hmm. nights that is very, very helpful to this team. Uh, but I also think that it can, it's, it's kind of a detriment as he becomes a much, much better player. I think that it is somewhat detrimental to this team and that he's not going to complain about shots. And you know what? If he shoots one shot, he should probably let people know that that's not okay. Right. Um, right and that he should be shooting more and that he you know he deserves those shots and i mean i don't know i mean maybe maybe i'm digging too deep there but um if you're going to be the second best player on this team and you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who thinks that adams isn't and isn't going to be the second best player going forward um it's 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 tough um and back to Russ's shots in in games where he shoots 30 or more shots the thunder are uh 4 and 6 um, yeah so it's not like he's done this a lot 10 games out of 62 um or 64 games is not crazy um but still it, it's there's not 
there's not a good record for it. And, you know, they could have won last night. I mean, if Russ just hits one more shot, if he hits that three, you know, mm-hmm. they, they they win the game. And then this is, you know, they're he, they're five and five in, in games where he shoots 30 or more shots. So it's not like this is like the worst thing ever for the Thunder. Um, right. But we we just know that whenever he's past, he's he's at his best whenever he is controlling the entire game and facilitating and getting those other guys involved and allowing the team to hit threes you know the the thunder did have that magical night where they hit those 12 threes in a row in the first half against the jazz and yeah. a, a large part of it was that russ was creating those shots for them and um i don't know i don't, I don't expect yeah. them to have a night like that again but uh, I, I do that, think that uh, Russ needs to to pass the ball more. That Utah game, uh, Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book about it called Outliers, <laughs> and it's it's all about that game. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is a massive outlier. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, any anything else from last night? Anything else that stood out to you? I, I think you're right. Sabonis was not bad. He was actually a plus one. Um, so I. I don't think that he was awful. He played 20 minutes last night. He had eight points and four boards. It was probably one of his best games of the season, or at least of recent memory. Yeah. Um, Robertson hasn't – his his defense wasn't even just spectacular last night, and guys have been killing him throughout this stretch too. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. The, the Blazers bench. I mean, you go and look at the Blazers bench, and you look at the Thunder bench, yeah. And I mean, that that really kind of flipped the game. And like you said, maybe it is that third quarter, um, you know, when Oklahoma City finally cooled off. But, you know, Myers Leonard was a plus 24. Uh, Alan Crabb was a plus 15. He was everything he was throwing up was going in. Uh, you know, he was earning his 20 million last night. <laughs> I thought um, that was a lot last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, all things said, I mean, this being a home game against the Portland Trailblazers, it, this is a game they should have won in Portland a few nights ago, and it's a game they should have won last night. Yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't mean you know it's not the end of the world because you know this is a team that has beaten Utah at home and beaten Cleveland at home. So, um, and and there is a lot of change that they're trying to, you know, that they're enduring right now, and it, it's very frustrating at the moment, but. You know, wouldn't necessarily lead to any you know long term assessments based on you know what we're seeing lately. Yeah, I, I think they're they're going to be better, and they're going to have to be better uh, to get some wins, uh, especially the rest of this week. Uh, so they're on a four game losing streak, and they get San Antonio Thursday, Utah Saturday, uh, but the next week they play Brooklyn on Tuesday, so they get kind of a, a nice little break, and then they get to play Brooklyn, and then they get to play Toronto, who is. They've been playing pretty without, well without Lowry, but yeah. still without Lowry is a big deal. Uh, then Sacramento, and then they play Golden State again without Durant, mm-hmm. which will be kind of interesting, I guess. And then, and then Philly. Yep. So there's a lot of yeah. winnable games in there, but I think the most concerning thing coming off this four-game losing streak is that all four games were extremely winnable. <laughs> and oh, yeah. that's that's where the biggest concern is with this team is like, wow, like if they're not beating Phoenix, if they're not beating Portland, uh, like the rest of the schedule looks terrifying. Um, but also, and I've, I think I've, I've accused the fan base of being, um, kind of to have a, a, a college football mentality where like every game matters so much. But I think that the, the, the overall NBA media perpetuates that as well. Um, 
So I think that it's. I don't think that we need to like just panic with this team. I still think they're going to make the playoffs. I still think Russell have a really good chance of winning the MVP. Uh, but I, I still I, think they're going to get the six seed. I still think when all well, said and done, yeah. they're going to settle in at six. Um, I thought four was kind of a long shot, even when they were ten games over five hundred. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, I mean, every morning I wake up to a new MVP candidate. Yes. Depending on what happened the night before, um, you know, and, and that's just kind of how the media works and how fans are working. I mean, if you scroll through Twitter and everything's about Kawhi Leonard, and right. you know, then the next day it's about James Harden, and then the next day it's LeBron, and you know, and, and that's that's just kind of how the cycle works. And it's easy to get caught up in all that, yes. um, but you know, you, you got to wait and and see the body of work, you know, at the end of the season. And when we get to the end of the season, I, I don't know if a lot of people are going to be fretting over this losing streak, just like people aren't fretting over that three-game losing streak to start January. Yeah, and, and in, in the NBA writing world, it's what have you done for me lately, and it was that Kawhi Leonard uh, shot and block that put him in the MVP conversation. Let's, let's say the, the game against Houston that was at home where Russell Westbrook destroyed Clint Capella. If that game had happened mm-hmm. last night, Russell Westbrook, MVP, it's clear, oh, yeah. game over. Yeah. Uh, right. It, it's, all, yeah. it's all about what has just happened. And don't I don't know, don't fall victim to being in the moment. I think you have to look at the body of work. I think you have to look at this Thunder roster, and they did get better. And now they're even better now that they have Victor Oladipo back. And he looked good last night. He, like, he, he played well. He was a positive impact. He made a positive impact on the team last night. So I, I think that we j- just hang on, Thunder fans. And even through the weekend, just hang on. Like if they lose yeah. these two games, to, if this ends up being a six-game losing streak, don't don't overreact because I do think that they're they're going to put it together and they're going to be fine. They're still going to make the playoffs. This is still going to be basically where we thought they were going to end up. I still think that's where they're going to end up, where they're still probably maybe a 30 to 40% chance of winning a first round series. And, and then they're going to try to retool this summer. Um, so, and that's always been the plan, right? I mean, the the plan hasn't changed and nothing has really changed from this four game losing streak, except for that their draft position actually might be a little bit better. And that's probably about (laughs) it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and I know again, like Presti made that trade and talked about, he wanted to give this team, you know, I guess a a chance to be better or I, I forgot exactly what phrase he used, but you know, basically that trade was to get a long-term piece in Doug McDermott and to get a guy in Todd Gibson that can help this team out right now and into the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I, I know it may, maybe I'm a little bit guilty too, because I've been talking about, okay, you know, if, if there's a path to the Western conference finals, and I, I keep trying to cushion that with, this is a long shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I talk about these things, because most likely the scenario is they get to the first round of the playoffs they lose. I mean, that is the most likely scenario at this point. Um, now, a lot of things could happen. And, you know, I, that's when I talk about things, you know, I'm trying to strategize where falling in the sixth seed might be better than trying to get the four seed if you want to advance as far as you can. But, you know, ultimately, I, I, I think I think hopefully everyone has a fairly good understanding on, on what this team actually is this season. Yeah, no doubt. 
Uh, let's uh, answer a few Twitter questions, and then we'll be done. We won't have a, a super long podcast this morning because it's not the most fun thing to talk about. Um, from at Rec Baller, uh, what scheme changes can the Thunder make to get Adams more involved? Opposing bigs are dropping back on high pick and rolls. Yeah, I mean, I and, and they just got Oladipo back, so they've got another floor spacer. I'm really curious to see if Donovan finds, you know, some lineups with like McDermott and a and Abrinas or Oladipo or something that gives Russ and Adams more room to operate. Because I, I, I don't know, I, I'm really curious to see if that you know can actually uh, improve things. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Adams is a guy you can throw the ball to, right? Um, mm-hmm. And not just like he's like strictly like DeAndre Jordan pick and roll guy. Like he he can do stuff with the ball. He can pass a little bit. He can um, you know he can he has a, a few little post moves. He's got that little jump hook that's actually pretty good. Uh, I don't know. And even even that they're dropping back. Like we know that Adams has that you know mid paint shot that he can hit that little floater shot from the middle of the paint that he's hit consistently this season. Uh, I think the thing is that there's multiple ways to do it, right? He's not, right, he's yeah. not just a one dimensional offensive <clears throat> player. And it's not like he's like some like offensive juggernaut that like they're just holding back, but he can, he can get a shot and Russell Westbrook can get him a shot. Uh, I just think that they need to be focused on doing that. And I do think that that would help turn him around mentally. If, you know, if he could get, you know, 15 shots or something like that, and they're going to play the Spurs on Thursday, and there's honestly some pretty decent matchups for him offensively. You know, Lamarcus Aldridge is a, isn't an awful defender, but he uh, isn't just a stopper. Uh, Dwayne Dedman is has you know gotten a little bit of buzz this season, but Adams should be able to post up Dwayne Dedman and take him. Uh, David Lee is going to play a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pau Gasol. I mean, like there there are some some good matchups for Adams and he should play a lot of minutes and he should get some looks against this team. Cause they like to play slower. They like to play big. I think this is a good matchup and a good time to get Adams back involved with the offense and in multiple ways. Um, so, and they've had it in their scheme all season. I mean, there's a lot of games where he's gotten more than 10 field goals. I said, they're 17 and seven. There's a lot of times that he's, gotten a lot of shots um yeah so they, they just need to make an effort to do so and i mean consider too i mean portland twice okay they've got Nurkic, who is a load of a human being or or myers leonard who hangs out on the perimeter mm-hmm. is that that's just been i think a difficult assignment for adams and then also versus dallas where they downsized and he's chasing dirk Nowitzki all around i don't think that's you know i don't think that help matters either phoenix was just I don't know. That was just a mess of a game. So, I mean, maybe that's part of it, too. They just had some really you know, difficult matchups for Steven, and maybe you know, going against San Antonio and Utah would be more you know, back up his alley. Yep. Uh, let's do two more from at JPOSU. Isn't it time to pack in the Sabonis development project for the year? Taj, Grant, McDermott would all help this team. Uh, would all be better in his minutes? Yeah, and I mean, taking the recency bias out, because I mean, we just talked about, you know, Sabonis was better than Adams last night. You know, Sabonis has had a rough stretch, and I think Billy Donovan has shown, you know, where he's essentially, on most nights, been 11 or 12 minutes reserved that's in the starting lineup. 
Um, I, w- I, I do think Todd needs to get more minutes. I, I'm not sure exactly how you do that. You know, and also with, with Adams and Ganter, you know, keep everyone else happy. Um, I, I wouldn't shelve the experiment just yet. Although, you know, we've talked about it. I think come playoff time, that that's probably when you're going to see a change. Yeah. I, I, I don't really have anything to add to that. I, I think that they're going to continue to develop him. Obviously last night was kind of like a, a big middle finger to everybody who thinks that he shouldn't play because he played 20 minutes <laughs> last night. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I do kind of, I do agree with, with um, Jason that, I mean, if your if your goal is to win games, he's not really helping you with games right now. Um, but right. there's also the long view that's going on right now, and it's hard to it's hard to understand that for fans because like we're just invested in game by game. Let's win this game, and you know I think that the, that's what the Thunder want as well. But they have like five different goals at once when the, when like a Thunder fan when you're watching the game is just win. Um, so right. it's just a little bit more complicated. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, to Jason's point, yeah, Sabonis uh, has, has slanted that wall recently. So, yeah. uh, and, and I definitely see the value in playing Todd over him. But yeah. I, I do understand, too, where Donovan is taking this. Okay, we'll start him and see how the game goes. And if it's just not a good fit, he's going to play 10 minutes. And if, you know, if he's actually showing that he can help us, we'll run him more than that. Yeah. Uh, last question from at the underscore real underscore d b w please explain why samaj f christian is playing Franklin this Christian's. much <laughs> and in fourth quarters of games that we need to win why is he playing john uh because donovan was desperate to find some defensive lineup last night yeah um and, and really that's it and that's when he is that's when he's turned to Kristen, even when campaign was here. Uh, if they needed, um, you know, if they needed some help on the defensive end, he's rolled Kristen out there. So, um, yeah, last night was sort of a, you know, there was a point. I mean, that lineup to start the fourth quarter. Uh, what was it? Um, was it was it Taj and Sabonis? Taj, Andre, Sabonis. yeah, Andre, uh, Kristen, and was it Abrinas? I think it. Yes, it was Abrinas because he had a three during that stretch. Yeah, because Oladipo, Cantor, Westbrook, Adams, all on the bench. And it was really, really strange. But, I mean, that was a lineup that was like, we have got to try to get some defensive stops. Yes. Uh, and it's weird, like, and you keep Sabonis out there for that. I don't I don't know. It's a weird lineup. It. I didn't understand the purpose of it. It was like, let's develop and also play defense. Like, I just, I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. It was yeah. a very strange lineup. I I hope that we never see that again. Uh, but you're right. He, they were looking for defense, and that was that was the goal um, of playing Samaj last night. And his career so far was perfectly summed up in in, a, in one possession where he stole the ball, goes up for a layup, and just gets completely just destroyed by a block. I don't remember who blocked it. Maybe Aminu or somebody. Um, yeah, but he just blocked right at the rim. Just had no chance yeah. of the ball going in, and that perfectly sums up his game for yeah, at least for now. So it, it was a desperation move. I mean, that that's the reason why he was out there. And and you know, Donovan's always been a coach that he will try. You know, he'll try different things. Um, so he tried it, 
And I don't know. I, I, I can't say the game would have turned out, you know, differently had that been Norris Cole instead. Yeah, and Cole was playing very badly. He had two just abysmal turnovers in the first yeah. half. Um, so, yeah, well, hang on, Thunder fans. Don't don't panic. <laughs> okay, it's going to be okay. Uh, John, thanks for coming on the podcast today. We'll follow you on Twitter at John M. Ham. We can listen to you on the franchise here locally. We can read your stuff at Bleacher Report. And thanks for coming on. And we will talk to you guys on Friday.